Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit ViralGrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. So you can imagine in the midst of a pandemic where everything felt like lockdown and my incredible organization asks me, hey, are you willing to move across the country <laughs> right now? When I found out it was for urban, it was like coming full circle. It's like dream job territory. And now I get to do for others what urban did for me. It's like you went from prom to homecoming. Yeah! Oh, I'm quoting you. I'm quoting you, Sarah. I'm taking that one with me. I feel like that's <laughs> the title of this podcast. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofstetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. favorite parts of building businesses is just watching how our network expands, constantly being reminded how small the world is. You know, one of Micmac's earliest clients was L'Oreal. And when I discovered that Milena Herrera, general manager of L'Oreal's Urban Decay, that she and I went to the same high school, it made doing business with her just so much more personal. It's funny that you say that because I can't imagine that there's anybody else in our industry that went to the same high school as I did. (laughs) I don't even know where you went to high school. I went to an all-girls yeshiva. My graduating class was like 42 girls. Uh, Yeah. All right. Slightly different than public high school in New Jersey. Certainly. (laughs) Well, you have a better chance. I think my husband went to Bronx Science. He had a graduating class like of more than 10 times the size of mine. Yeah. So maybe he has some overlap. Definitely. More likely. (laughs) Because I've been working with L'Oreal for so many years now, it's really rewarding to see how 25% of their total revenue is coming from e-commerce. What was so fascinating about that was I remember seeing a a stat actually at the end of Q1 that maybe they they were approaching 20% or they were at 20%. They'd announced earnings and it was frankly pre-global pandemic and they were already well on their way to achieving more people buying online 
which is fascinating just because the beauty space has been historically known to be so tactile, the importance of trying on in person. And so the fact that so much of their revenue was really moving online, so much of their growth was coming from that was really fascinating. Yeah. And Milena's going to get into that, how they really turned the physical in-store associates into some of their best influencers online. Now, I'm super excited to bring Melaine onto the show. Not only is she one of the most experienced executives right now at L'Oreal, she's also a professor of marketing at Syracuse, and she's a major advocate for Latinos in the workplace. So with that, let's bring Melaine onto the show. Melaine, you're a dear friend and inspiration to me, so super excited to have you on the show. Thank you, Rachel. It's honestly my honor to be here with both you and Sarah. So you've been at L'Oreal for 15 years. You've had many different roles there. You're fairly new to your role at Urban Decay and you made the cross-country move to lead that business. 2020, by and large, was a pretty tough year for the beauty industry given the pandemic, yet L'Oreal saw e-commerce growth across every division. What changes has Urban Decay seen to its customer journey over the course of the year? I think first and foremost, it's given us an opportunity to really center around what's most important. And that is actually the consumer. To understand e-commerce is to really first start with understanding the consumer journey, the consumer experience, putting ourselves constantly through that journey, making sure that it is smooth, it is experiential, and it is also ultimately at the service of the consumer. And what I have been honored and humbled by during this journey is to see the amount of flexibility, the amount of interest in testing and learning, the bravery that it really takes to understand how to change in real time into a future we didn't know what it was going to look like. That's pretty exceptional. I remember even after Q1, L'Oreal's numbers were through the roof I remember sharing it because L'Oreal is a client of Profiteros as well. I remember sharing it and saying, wow. And this was pre-COVID. Ecom was growing at such a fantastic clip as a percentage of revenue and just in, in absolute as well. well. Let's talk a little bit more about Urban Decay in particular. Your customers are quite multicultural. How do you go to market to appeal to lots of different audiences? Why I moved across the country to be with a beautiful brand like Urban Decay is because it actually allows everyone to stand in their difference. And so individuality and thus by definition inclusion is very much a part of the experience. And what we found, I think one of the greatest things that we've learned and are now actually going to continue to build is that some of the most amazing, most diverse and most passionate people about Urban Decay were our own field team who suddenly found themselves thinking, what is my role now? And actually putting them at the center of gravity once again, as part of that journey, that new journey, and giving them influence well beyond brick and mortar, untethering them actually from the door, was an important first move and one that is definitely going to be a game changer in our strategy going forward. I'm reminded that it was the field team that turned me on to makeup. It was someone when I was 17 years old that that did my makeup for prom and taught me that as a Latina, I could stand out. And so getting passionate about that experience, but using, concretely using those fields, we used to call them field artists, but now they're UD creators. They are creating content for us, whether it's emails, whether it's across our social, 
whether it's answering one-on-one consumer questions in real time to have one of the best response rates. And that response right now, we're taking it from Instagram to across.com platforms to social platforms. I really celebrate our field team, honestly, as one of the winners of 2020 and one of the centers of gravity for our model going forward. I love that because I also know that's part of the playbook that you ran at Dermablend when you turned around that business. And it's interesting because it's the playbook that even retailers have adopted during the pandemic. You read about what Walmart has done with their store associates. Given that the customer journey has changed in beauty, especially during the pandemic, and e-commerce is a growing part of L'Oreal's overall business, how do you play the dynamics of direct-to-consumer versus e-retail or what you guys call e-boutique? What I think is always very important is first starting with the consumer, starting with the shopper, right? Because there are variances by each channel. And I think the, the D2C or the e-boutique is a flagship destination where you can learn everything there is to learn about urban decay. And I hope you can shop with us, but that can also be an experience that can, next time you are collecting rewards at an e-retailer, you would have touched urban in a new and unique way that would even give you a better experience when you're also in the e-retail environment. So I see the e-boutique as a flagship destination that informs a better experience for consumers, I hope, informs us using data, which ultimately will make us smarter across our entire ecosystem and also really be the best representation of our brands. That's how I see our our e-boutique. I feel like we got to back up for a second. The first time you like really got into makeup was for your prom? Oh, wait, no, this is actually a story. So I was 17 years old. I am a very proud uh, daughter of immigrants. Both my, my parents are Cuban political refugees. And so you can imagine when prom time comes, how can my incredible parents tell me about an American prom experience? And I was always someone who felt like I was trying, I was trying to stand out, but I just didn't know how. And actually, Rachel knows my high school. So I was I was at Pascag Hills High School. Go Cowboys. Go Cowboys. We went to the same high school, folks. And um, for me, it was a moment I, I needed to do something different. And I saw someone look the way I felt. And I was like, that. I want what she has. I, that feeling. She made my day. In fact, I had purple blue makeup for prom and a purple blue dress. I think I'm one of the few people that matched her dress to her makeup. I need pictures. Pictures didn't happen. I have pictures. It is true. And you actually have a lineup where there's everyone in natural makeup and black dress. And then Milena and her, like, I don't know, some incredible blue, purple with the matching dress. And I became so fanatical about urban that people that know me from that time definitely know I was I was doing social commerce and advocacy before it was a thing. That when I was 19 years old, I was actually given an award for most likely to launch her own purple makeup brand because I was so fanatical about urban. So you can imagine in the midst of a pandemic where everything felt like lockdown and and my incredible organization asks me, Hey, are you willing to move across the country <laughs> right now? And when I found out it was for urban, it was like coming full circle. It's like dream job territory. And now I get to do for others what urban did for me. It's like you went from prom to homecoming. Yeah. Oh, I'm quoting you. I'm quoting you, Sarah. I'm taking that one with me. <laughs> I feel like that's the title of this podcast. We, 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 we want to get some like interesting clickbait. I think that would be a good one. I like it. Love it. And it is how I feel. In these difficult moments, 
it's so important that you find your own fuel and you get motivated. And we have to find purpose beyond that last sell or that last, you know, did I close the month? That's not what's going to be written on our epitaphs. You know, I get to be on a brand that there's actual unity and difference and that we celebrate standing out and being different and being noticeably different and not fitting into some kind of rules. And I feel most at home. So I do feel like it's a homecoming when I'm in that kind of kind of environment. So I love that, Sarah. Here to help, man. Here to help. Rachel, I'm curious for you. What was your first makeup experience? Oh, well, when was my last one, as I remember? No, uh, no. My first makeup experience was probably, and this story will be relevant to all of us, the Garden State Plaza Mall, Nordstrom, probably around the year 1999 when I started going to my friend's bat mitzvahs. And I'm sure I had a, a field experience with an Urban Decay uh, makeup artist. For me, my my prom makeup was Garden State Plaza, baby. That was actually where it happened. <laughs> exactly. Jersey girls we are. Exactly. Sarah's Long Island. Long Island. I love it. I love it. <laughs> we all had the hair. That's all. Oh, yes. You know, Melina, you, you talked about in these challenging times, and I have always seen you as a mentor figure in my life. For folks who don't know, Melina also is a professor at Syracuse. She's a huge advocate of diversity and women in the workplace. And if any moment this year in terms of leadership, is there a particular lesson that stood out to you? Um, actually, it's been pretty recently. I very transparently, guys, I had a rough myself personally had a rough start to the year on some personal fronts. It was a really valuable lesson in that I think after a year of being on Zooms together, there's a veil of intimacy, but it's not a true intimacy. And what I mean by that is we might be in each other's bedrooms. I mean, how often do you get to have a meeting with your GM in her bedroom, right? And you may see my children. But what you don't always see is my own struggles with my child who I've recently learned has special needs. And this is actually the first time I'm talking about that. And I think that's important. It's understanding that if I'm experiencing changes and impacts at home because of the pandemic, I cannot take for granted that that's happening around me as well. And when our lives are literally built by meetings one after another, there's no space given to actually just say, hey, how are you doing today? You know, when you're in the office in the hallway and you just get off a bad phone call because something happened at home and someone always inevitably sees you and says, hey, you look like something's going on. You lose that. You lose that moment in these uh, times that we're in. So for me, actually, transparency and authenticity, I've always felt that I was that person, but I never gave of my personal side. I think especially as female leaders, we're kind of taught to, in order to play, we've got to show up and leave your personal life at the door. And I think those times are well behind us. So I'm, I'm learning that vulnerability and leadership is actually as important as strength and leadership. Melina, this is the first time I'm getting to meet you and already just your, your willingness to be vulnerable with us and those who listen makes you that much more approachable. And I do believe that being vulnerable is a tremendous asset and your willingness to, to do that is incredibly exceptional. And it dovetails well into our, our final question, which Rachel, I'm going to steal for the moment, even though this is Rachel's signature question. What is the bravest thing you've ever done? Oh, 
I think the bravest thing I know it sounds crazy, but was to become a mom. It's not crazy. <laughs> I think becoming a mom, you will spend your entire life totally in love and then totally in fear. And I, and I think sometimes we think about what's brave in terms of a single act or a choice for a career job or, but being a parent is a full-time 24 seven all the time gift one that has given me more in the last few years than anything I've ever done in my, in my life. But damn, is it brave? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, they don't tell you. And even if they did, you wouldn't believe it. No, but I will say one thing to anyone, because a lot of people do ask me, like, well, how, you know, the famous, how do you do it? Two things I tell everyone. One is children do make things easy in one regard. They complicate, things get a little more complicated, sure. But decisions become easier because... That's black and white. Is it good for my children or is it not good? Is moving across the country good in this scenario was actually great for my children. So yes, let's go. The other thing I tell everyone is that I will never miss something that my children will remember that I missed and I cannot remember why. If I miss a goal, but I could have been off that phone call, what does it matter? My son will remember the, the, the missed goal and I will not remember why in the world I missed it. That's a really great filter. I will say, though, now that my kids are older, there were things that I missed, and I do remember why I missed them, and they have no recollection at all. <laughs> <laughs> so there's hope, Sarah. So I'm there's hope. Mine are little still. Good, good. I have hope. <laughs> for, for those of you who have kids, and maybe you you made a different choice. You did take a call, and it was a stupid call, and you're like, oh, damn it. Why did I just do that? For those of you moms who are listening, don't worry. If they're under 10... They definitely don't remember. If they're over 10, there's a slight chance they'll remember. When my kids were um, 10 and 8, they uh, I was working on a deal to actually sell my company, 360i. And the deal was closing the week that we were supposed to be on vacation. And so I told the kids, I'm like, I'm really sorry. We're not going on vacation. But I promise I will make it up to you next month. And they remember that because the makeup was better than the plan in the first place. <laughs> but well done, Mama. Ah, you know, checkbook diplomacy. But anyway, Melinda, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great getting to meet you. I hope this is the first in a series of conversations we get to have. And to those who are your mentees, they are very, very lucky individuals. So thank you very much. We'll talk soon. Thank you. It's my honor with all of you. Consider me on speed dial anytime. Fabulous. Or find you in Clubhouse. Or Clubhouse or IG for Mentor Mondays. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to share this link with a friend. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan.
Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of Truth, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice, meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcast new episodes come out every tuesday i do hope to see you there